Welcome to the New Life Christian Church radio broadcast with your host, Bishop Harold Dawson, Jr. Grace and peace to everyone. This is R.J. Johnson. Welcome to the NLCC radio broadcast conducted by New Life Christian Church, 2018 West Kellogg Avenue, and that's in West Peoria, Illinois, where our service times are Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and Wednesday night Bible study is at 6.30 p.m. Now, if you want more information on New Life Christian Church, that's where Bishop Harold and Lady Lori Dawson Jr. are. Give them a call now at 309-676-5433. Log online to nlccpeoria.org. I'll have more information for you right there. Today, we're going into the NLCC Radio Classics Vault, where we hear a message entitled, I Feel Used, Part 1. Here's Bishop Dawson, Jr. Second Chronicles 20. Amen. We'll begin at verse 1, Second Chronicles 20, beginning at verse 1. Hallelujah. Amen. But I want to share this word with you today out of 2 Chronicles 20. When you have it, holler out, I've gotten my word. Amen. That sounds like the consensus I will read in your hearing, reading from the New King James Version. It happened after this, which means that there's some stuff that took place before this. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham? your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Notice verse 10, and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord, 
Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. I want to use as a subject this afternoon, I feel used. I feel used. Amen. Amen. We've already prayed. The word is blessed. You may be seated. Amen. I, I feel used. Uh, touch your neighbor. Just repeat those words after me. Say, I, I feel used. I feel, I feel used. Let me, let me begin with the obvious because the truth of the matter is that nobody uh, really likes being used. Uh, and nobody really uh, looks forward or uh, seeks out uh, being used by somebody else. Uh, in fact, uh, most of us, if I could be so presumptuous, are, are quite offended by the fact uh, that if anybody even attempts to use us. Uh -huh. and, and, and primarily that's because uh, being used, it carries with it the connotation that somebody's trying to take advantage of you. It carries with it that, that, that the connotation that somebody's uh, trying to exploit you. It almost uh, carries with it the indication that somebody thinks you're ignorant. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and for that reason, uh, most of us uh, grow pretty offended when we find out that somebody is trying to use us. But the harsh reality is that uh, just about everybody under the sound of my voice knows what it feels like to some degree to be used. Okay, uh, I wish I had a real church this morning, but I'll preach to the few who are here. Just about everybody knows what it feels like to some degree uh, when, when, uh, to be used uh, by somebody. So since y'all uh, just looking at me, let me put it where you can reach it. Uh, some, somebody knows what it's like to be in a relationship that you pour your all into. Uh -huh. You pour your all into the relationship only to have a person walk away without giving you a second thought. What, 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 what's worse is as you begin to reflect on the relationship, they came over your house. Most time they drove your car. Y'all just looking at me. If they wasn't driving your car, you was taking them and driving them somewhere, dropping them off somewhere. They came over and ate your food. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and they do all of that. And, and, and I mean, when you, somebody like that, you know, it, it's almost like they, they, they just, uh, you, you, you driving them around, taking them everywhere to do, and it's like they're allergic to offering gas money. I don't know if you know anybody like that. It's like if they offer gas money, they're going to break out in hives or something. You know, they, 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 and, and, and the thing about it is when, you, when, you, when you're able to step away from a relationship like that, you, you feel, like, my goodness, I, I think I might have been used. <laughs> I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but, 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 but that's somebody who, who's been used. Touch somebody say, that's somebody that's been used. Okay, let me put it in another light. Uh, when, when, when I was growing up, uh, we used to uh, play basketball on the playground. And, 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 and once in a while, 
uh, there'd be somebody uh, who, who had skills, uh, somebody who, who could handle the ball well, uh, somebody uh, who could cross them up, uh, somebody who could, who, who could make, uh, make moves at the drop of a dime, uh, and somebody who could shoot well, all of that. Uh, and, 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 and once in a while, a person like that would have somebody else on defense. Uh, and, and what's worse is the person on defense is trying to play their A defense. Uh, but the person on offense has better skills than they have defense. Are you still here? Uh, and, 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 and what happens is the person on offense gets a good move in, crosses them up, spins them around. And then what's worse, they make the shot. And then folk on the sidelines say, ooh. And then what we used to say at that point was, you got used. Uh-huh. We used to talk about the person on defense because they got used. And, and, and the thing was, we'd say they got used because they helped to make the person on offense look good. Uh, you, ain't, you ain't got it yet. You missed it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the, the person on defense helped to make the person on offense look good. The person on offense had those skills all along. But without somebody on defense to show what moves they actually could make, they actually, you couldn't see the moves that they could actually make. The person on defense got used to the degree that you could see up, up close and in living color in Dolby surround sound the skills that the person on offense had. I don't know if you can see what I'm talking about, but I'm just talking about what it feels like to be used. Somebody ought to say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the implication is that uh, a person is simply a pawn. Uh, simply a pawn in making somebody else look good. <laughs> uh, you're going to shout after you catch this. Uh -huh. the, 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 the whole idea is that uh, there are times when uh, there are individuals who are the pawns. Uh, they're not the bishops. They're not the knights. They're not the rooks. I'm talking about the chess game now. <laughs> Somebody was like, who, who, what? The, 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 the pawns are just used to protect the king and the queen on a chessboard, but, 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 but you have to understand there are individuals in, the, in life who God uses and situations that God uses as just pawns mm, to make somebody else look good. Are you still here? Uh-huh. This is where it becomes critical because, uh, again, the truth of the matter is nobody likes being used. Nobody likes being used. And, and, and this is where it's critical because uh, we can't bring the thinking that we have about being used in the world into the church. Uh, I just said something right there. Uh, because uh, being used in the world is something of a negative connotation. Uh, it's something that don't nobody want to embrace. It's something that nobody wants to accept. If you try it, I'm going to probably find a way to get back at you. Okay, y'all just looking at me. But, but, but I don't want to be used by nobody. And that's the thinking that I come from the world into the church with. Problem is, I can't bring that thinking into the church. Mm, mm. I, I can't bring it into the church because it becomes critical because I discovered that God will routinely use you. He'll routinely use you. And, and, and the major difference is that he doesn't just use you to take advantage of you. Hello, somebody. But, but rather and instead, he uses you to give you an advantage. Okay. Church folk don't know when to shout. Let me rewind it, play it back for you again. 
God doesn't use you to take advantage of you. But rather than instead, he uses you to give you an advantage. Mm. Okay, okay. In, in fact, I discovered that, that the primary reason that God ushers us into some battles, primary reason he ushers us into some, some areas of conflict is so that he, 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 so that he can uh, help, help us to understand that we battle with a purpose. Uh, touch somebody say, we don't battle just to be battling. But there's some, some battles and some conflicts, some confrontations that God ushers us into, and he does it just so we can understand that we battle with a purpose. Hello, somebody. Yeah, yeah, there, there's nothing. There's nothing that just happens in the life of a believer. Now, if you, ain't, if you ain't a believer, you got my permission to daydream for about 20 seconds. But every believer understands this. That we never battle, we never face conflict, we never face confrontation just for the sake of facing confrontation. Uh, okay, okay, let me give you some Bible on it just so you don't think it's my opinion. My Bible says this, the psalmist said that the steps of a good man are ordered by God. That means I, nothing in my life just happens. But, but because my steps are ordered from the time I get up in the morning until I lay my head down in the evening, every step that I took was ordered. Oh, my God. I wish I had a church this morning. Every step is ordered by God. All this hell that you went through on last week, all the folk who brought, brought trouble into your life on last week, all the trouble that you met on last week, you got to understand that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. Ain't nothing in your life just happen. Everything in the life of a believer is ordered by God. All the good stuff, all the bad stuff, all the favorable stuff, all the stuff you wish never ever happened in your life. God says, I ordered your steps because I'm somehow going to show you in my sovereignty that all things work together. I wish I had a church this morning. All things work. Touch somebody say all things. All things work together. Job said it like this. He knows the way that I take. That means I ain't taking no accidental left turns and right turns. Every step that I take is ordered by the Lord. Touch somebody say, I ain't no accident. Everything that happens is, is ordered by God. Oh, that ought to bring somebody some, some hope today because it lets me know that even though it seems like God ain't there, even though it seems like God's hand ain't on it, even though it seems like it's adverse to my plan, the plan of God for my life, I gotta know that everything in my life is ordered by God. Somebody say amen. Say amen again. Watch this now because you got to understand that, that at, 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 no matter what we're facing, we, we're not facing it by accident. Ah, but God says, your steps are ordered. Somebody say amen. Having said that, that, that raises the issue to, about some of the battles that we fight. Some of the battles that we fight because when we study scripture and study uh, battles that are fought in scripture, it becomes a type how it is that you and I are to fight spiritually. When you study battles in scripture and study uh, why battles were fought, there were a few diff different reasons why battles were fought. Sometimes God allowed battles to be fought because he was trying to reveal something about himself. Uh, he was trying to reveal something about himself uh, to his people. There are times when battles were fought because God was 
uh, trying to reveal something about himself to the enemies of his people. Are you still here? Then finally, there, there, there are battles that are fought in Scripture simply because there, it is the fulfillment of something else that was already spoken in Scripture. But at any rate, there are, there are those battles that God uh, allows the people of God to fight simply because he's trying to reveal something about himself, either to his people or to those who are around them. Can you say amen? One thing holds true. Battles are never fought just for the sake of fighting. <laughs> Let me say it to you again. Battles are never fought simply for the sake of fighting. But if I'm fighting, I'm fighting with a purpose. Somebody got to get that in your spirit today. I ain't fighting just to be swinging at the wind and be shadow boxing for, for nothing, but I'm fighting with a purpose. Can you say amen? In fact, let me stick a pen right there because I'm talking to somebody today who's in the heat of battle. Somebody who's, I mean, you dress to the nines today, and it don't even look like it on, when, when everybody just look at you for face value. But the truth of the matter is, you in the fight of your life right now. And the truth is, you need to know that what's worse, even when, when, when you're in a battle like that, what's worse is when you're in, in the fight of your life, and you don't even know why you're fighting at this stage of your life. Why you got to fight like you're fighting? You don't understand. Why? It seems like at this stage, stuff should be getting a little bit easier. Some of the stuff that I I done fought before now should have made it a little bit easier by now and now I'm fighting harder now than I ever had to and I got less energy than I had when I was fighting some harder battles but yet I'm having to fight harder than I ever fought in my life who am I preaching to this morning oh my god and, and, and I'm trying to figure out why it is I got to fight like this. I, it seems like it should get easier, but it only gets harder and harder. And I'm starting to question and say, God, where are you? Why do I have to fight the way that I'm fighting right now? Ah, my God, my God. Touch somebody say, he's preaching to you. It's written all over your face. Ah, what you need to know uh, and, and your first shout this morning is you fighting with a purpose. You ain't just fighting to be fighting, but you fighting with a purpose. You got an adversary that recognizes something in you that you ain't even recognized in yourself. And he's fighting you because of what, what he sees in your potential. Stuff that you ain't even released yet. Stuff that you ain't even walked in yet. The devil's scared of you walking in your destiny. Scared of you becoming who he ordained for you to be. And to keep you from walking in it, he's got to fight you tooth and nail. Fight you like he never fought you before. Because he knows what's in you. And, and, and that's what you got to get in your spirit because the enemy don't fight you for what you're capable of. He fights you based on your potential and based on what God's spoken over you. And the problem is so many times we go through uh, ignorant <laughs> of not only what God spoke concerning us, but the power that lies in us. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignorant of the power that God has placed in you. And so consequently, we fight the enemy. What does it look like if you have somebody who's, who, who, who's a bodybuilder and cut and, 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 and ripped and, and, and just, just from the looks of things, looks strong and have a peon come up to him only to have him run in fear? That's the picture of the church. That's the picture of the believer. 
Because you have to recognize that the enemy is simply a peon. The Bible lets me know that when this thing is all over, we're going to look at the enemy and say, is this who tripped me up? Is this who messed me up? Is this who tried to rob me of my destiny? Is this the, is this my, is this the thing that tried? That's how we're going to look at the devil. But you don't recognize right now the strength that lies within you. Somebody ought to say amen. Watch it now because I'm just talking about being used. Watch it now because you got to understand that when you look at it in that context, then you'll soon discover uh, what it means to be used. <laughs> soon discover what it means and what it feels like to be used. And the problem with that is in the throes of battle, and sometimes it can leave you saying, God, please don't use me so much. <laughs> I wish I had some real folk at church. God, could you not use me? So it's some other folk that need to be used. You, you, you don't necessarily need to use and get all the victory through me and through my circumstances, but God, you can use some other folk. <laughs> but just like the enemy, he's copying off of God because what God does is God uses you based on your potential. He, he, he's allowing you to face certain challenges, certain confrontations on the basis of what he knows is in you. And most times it's stuff that you don't know is in you as, as well. And God allows certain challenges, certain trials, certain tests. He says, let it come uh, based on what I know is in them. Uh, okay, lest you think it's my opinion, let me give you some scripture on it. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Jesus says to, says to Peter, Simon, Simon. Satan has desired to have you, to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. I prayed for you because I, I, I want some tests. I want some trials to come into your life, Peter, because it's the trying of your faith that's going to work some patience. It, it, you got some presumptuous ways about you that if I let you go on like that, it's going it's to become detrimental to the plan and purpose I have for you. So there's a test uh, that's tailor-made. Taylor made trouble, Peter, that I, I, I think it's going to be good for you, but uh, it's going to taste like castor oil going down. Uh, but, 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 but I prayed for you, Peter. Watch it, that your faith fail not. Uh -huh. uh, because if you can just believe and hold on to what I've said to you, if you can just hold on and trust and be convicted and persuaded in the midst of the trial, that everything that I spoke to you is going to come to pass. I've already spoken that the church is going to be founded and you're going to be part of that founding. I've already spoken all of that, which means the trial that you're in, my God, is a foregone conclusion. Which means you got to come through it. You can't get stuck in it. You can't die in it. It's too much that has to happen after it. So you got to come through it and you got to come through successfully. It's already a foregone conclusion. Church folk don't know when to shout. Uh, touch somebody say he's talking about being used. He's just talking about being used. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 but you've, been, you've been praying and asking God for direction. He hadn't said anything. Uh, but, but know this, that God may not speak initially, but God always speaks eventually. I just said something just then. Because uh -huh. when you're praying while you're in the crucible of conflict, while you're in the heat of battle, and many times, I said it to God, won't say a word 
Why? Because God knows that he told you enough prior to you getting in the trial to sustain you once you got in it. <laughs> Y'all just looking at me. Which means God might have spoke a word to you last year that in the trial you facing, getting ready to step over into 2012, God's trusting that you're going to reach back and grab what you heard last year and say, I think I can make it. I wish I had a church. Uh -huh. God, God is saying, and in the midst of the battle, many times God won't say a word. Problem is, on the other side of that, the devil is saying a whole lot. While, 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 the, while God is silent and saying nothing, the enemy is saying, you know you're going to die in this. You know you're not going to make it. All your friends done deserted you. Don't nobody return your calls. Don't nobody care. Ain't nobody even called to check on you. Look, at you're all by yourself. Don't, don't know about you're alone. Look at you. Look, you're ugly. You're poor. You're broke. Look at you. are just like Celia on the color purple. And before you know it, you, you're just as low as you can go. And at the same time, God ain't saying a word. And what God is trusting is that he done told you your, your worth and your value too many times before that. He done told you about your destiny too many times before that. He done told you about what you're going to accomplish too many times before that for the enemy to lie to you and for you to believe it after hearing it one time. I'm going to preach this thing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the enemy comes and starts whispering in your ear. You got to know everything that he tells you is a lie. Uh, no, no, you got to get it in your spirit. Not some things. Everything he says. Is, Jesus said when he lies, he lies of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. He, he says he, he, he can't tell the truth. If he tried, he couldn't tell the truth. That's why when Jesus was in the wilderness, when he quoted scripture to Jesus, he had to distort it a little bit. Why? Because he can't tell truth. So then, if everything he says is a lie, why do I give credence to anything that he says? <laughs> you missed what I just said. See, see, the problem is, he says some stuff that in your soul and in your emotions, you had been thinking. So your soulish area starts lining up with what he comes to tell you. Problem is, what he's saying is a lie. Your soulish area ain't going to always tell the truth because your soulish area is emotions. It's your will. It's what you want. That's what your soulish area said. So what the enemy does is comes and says some stuff that lines up with what's in your soul. So, so, so it's some stuff swirling around in my mind. It contradicts the word of God, but it's in my mind. It's in my soul, and, and I feel this way because I discovered something about us as church folk, us as believers. Uh, we're like an almond joy because sometimes we feel like a nut. So, sometimes we don't. Uh, mounds got, my God, say, <laughs> some, sometimes, sometimes we own, sometimes we off. And see, the problem is when we're off is most times because of that soulish area. 
It's because of what's going on in my emotions. It's because of how the boyfriend made me feel that day. It's because of how the girlfriend made me feel that day. How the husband, the wife, the job, the supervisor made me feel that day. Now what's in my soul may not line up with scripture, but it's there. So the enemy comes now to speak some stuff in the fertile ground that's against the will of God. Preach, boy. I already am. You've been listening to the New Life Christian Church radio broadcast with your host, Bishop Harold Dawson, Jr. New Life Christian Church is located at 2018 West Kellogg Avenue in West Peoria, Illinois. For more information on New Life Christian Church, please give us a call at 309-676-5433 or log online to nlccpeoria.org. The New Life Christian Church radio broadcast can be heard every Friday from 1.30 p.m. to 2 p.m. on M1140 WVEL or online at WVEL.com. On behalf of Bishop Harold Dawson, Jr. and the New Life Christian Church family, we pray that you have a safe and blessed week.